Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way. The trip to the drive through <clears throat> at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Stockville or in Tuscaloosa or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Marietta. Marietta, Mississippi? Yes, yes. Wow. I get you I on this one. You don't know where that is? I don't know if I've ever been to Marietta, right. Mississippi. Time to play our favorite game. Guess the county. Hmm. He's thinking. Is it north or south Mississippi? Can you give me that? I can give you that, I guess. Uh, it or is, central Mississippi. No, it is north Mississippi. North, north. Mm-hmm. Uh... Could it be in? I'm trying Desoto. No, wrong way. It's in Prentice. Prentice. Yeah. Okay. So, how far? Well, darn. Let me see how far it is from uh from Boonville. It's just southeast of Boonville and northwest of Fulton. The, the okay. Tra- the trace goes just south of it. Well, I was going to say around Tupelo, so I guess I'm not too terribly far. The town is located at the intersection of Highway 366 and Highway 371. Okay. I I don't know how many times I've traveled on either one of those. Yeah. We say all that to say, if you'd like to start your day with Strange Brew Coffee, all you got to do is go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order it. They'll ship it right to your door. Strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and what kind of whatever kind of coffee machines on your counter. They've got you covered at Strange Brew Coffeehouse. Can't wait to hear from people from Marietta tomorrow. I hope we have at least one. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. They've got a, the website. They've got that's collegecornerstore.com. They got two locations. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowey by the Half Shell. And whatever you're looking for, they've got polos, outerwear, t-shirts, hats, and then whatever you want to get for the car, for your tailgate, for your house, all that great stuff, maroon and white, it's there at College Corner. Restaurant Tyler is Starkville's flagship restaurant. It's the place you're going when you want a great meal. If you want a great lunch, the best blue plate in town is at Restaurant Tyler. If you want a great dinner, the best fine dining in town is at Restaurant Tyler. If you want brunch on Sundays, the best brunch in town is at Restaurant Tyler. They make it really easy because they do it all and, of course, if you're looking for the best uh, gastro... Well, no, gastropub's not the right word. Speakeasy. I keep forgetting what they call it. Speakeasy in town. If you're looking for unique cocktails and a great time, the guest room around back of Restaurant Tyler, it's always fantastic. And, of course, you know the, the bin, they're remodeling that. So that's good. I can't wait to see what the uh, the new-look bin 
looks like when they finally finish that up. But check out Restaurant Tyler next time you're in town. This weekend, if you're here for basketball, make sure you've got a table at Restaurant Tyler. Robbie, Mississippi State has four Bulldogs headed to the Super Bowl. And not just guys who are just, you know, they're on the roster or whatever. We're talking about impact players for both teams. Fletcher Cox and Darius Slay, Chris Jones and Willie Gay. Huge parts of the defenses for the Eagles and the Chiefs. And this really and truly is sort of the the peak, in my opinion. There's never been this much Mississippi State talent in the league. And you combine that with it's star talent. It's not just they've got a bunch of guys on rosters. I just mentioned those two guys, or those four guys. You have Jeff Simmons, who's an all-pro defensive tackle. Of course, you have Dak Prescott, the... uh, the, the quarterback of the most popular sports franchise in America. Um, and then you've got, you know, a bunch of, of great other, you know, Elton Jenkins has been a pro bowler. Preston Smith has been a pro bowler. Cam Dantzler and Martin Emerson are becoming great players. And then you're going to add probably another first rounder this year with Emmanuel Forbes. We gave Mullen a lot of crap for his recruiting through the years, but when he did hit on guys, he could hit on them. And a lot of them defensive guys. That's what's so weird about the whole thing is, his hit rate on the defensive side of the ball was pretty big. And I think you got to give him a lot of credit for that, too. He was kind of at the forefront. He's signing off on everybody. He's helping evaluate talent and all that stuff. It's just strange to me that the offensive side of the ball never really translated to the pro game. Outside of offensive line, um, you know, Dak hit, obviously. No wide receivers. Um, Allen Hill was was in the league. I don't know what's going to happen with him moving forward, but the offensive side of the ball never really translated in a big way to the next level for Dan Mullen, but the defensive side hit. And, I mean, you look across the board for the, from the last 10 years, the guys that are going into the league, mm-hmm. they're not just going in there and, and, you know, riding the bench. Right. <clears throat> These guys are stars. I mean, total up the the – amount of sacks that these defensive guys are getting, the amount of pass breakups by the defensive backs. It's just uh, – it's incredible. And Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, it, it's these are stars in the league. They're not – and I think there's a couple of guys at least that have the potential to be Hall of Famers based on their resume or their projection. I think Fletcher Cox is in a good position. I don't know if he's a first ballot guy. But he is a, a guy that is unquestionably going to be one of the greatest Philadelphia Eagles players of all time, um, and he's got he's got a very good case. I think Chris Jones is on the verge on or on the way to being a Hall of Famer if he continues his current trend. So you got uh, guys that have just made an incredible impact in the league the last ten years. And, and almost all of them are from the state of Mississippi or played junior college in the state of Mississippi or have some kind of tie here. These are like homegrown guys. That's what's the most amazing thing about it. And it's the exact reason why Zach Arnett has assembled the staff that he's assembled, why he's hitting the state of Mississippi so hard. Zach Arnett understands this as well as anybody else, that you can win big with these guys. Imagine if Mississippi State is able to land – uh, A.J. Brown, N'Kobe yeah. Dean, these guys that are also from the state of Mississippi but went elsewhere. You know, state states a couple of the, a couple of those guys away from having a tremendously different outcome in a lot of these games, a lot of these seasons. 
So Zach Arnett understands that importance, and it's all over that Super Bowl. I think they got 10 guys, maybe, uh, something like that, that are from the state of Mississippi or played, played college in Mississippi that are going to play in the Super Bowl. And for the size of state that Mississippi State ha- that Mississippi has to have um, you know a good portion of those rosters made up of Mississippi guys, that's amazing. One thing that's interesting about the, the the state guys is you have some guys who were highly touted out of high school, right? Jeff Simmons and Chris Jones, five star guys, everybody wanted them. Fletcher Cox was a four star guy that everybody wanted. But then you have guys like Preston Smith and Elton Jenkins. You have guys kind of like Dak Prescott and Cam Dantzler that. You know, they weren't the most heavily recruited guys out there. So it's really interesting that State's been able to to take guys you had high expectations for, and Jones, <clears throat> Simmons, Cox, and those guys, and turn them into stars. And then they were also been able to develop guys and, and, and turn them into stars. I'll just say this right now. If, if Dan Mullen were still at Mississippi State, you talk about a recruiting bonanza. I think the, the be able being able to point to those guys and saying I did that here, you know, I, he was only a couple of years, and I've said it many times. You know, if he had stayed in eighteen, that team probably wins ten games. And at that point, they might have taken off just because of the amount of NFL talent he was going to have. He had he would have had three first rounders the next year, in that next draft that that, that you know that state had anyway, and just sort of kept going from there. I, that, I don't know, man. It, it, it's it's one of those what if kind of things, but. The, the the quality of states recruiting top to bottom is it shows out in, in the guys that have been able to hit and go to the NFL. Yeah, if all things were equal too right now, if you didn't have this whole NIL thing to deal with, I would say that Mississippi State was about to really make a run in state. But I think that's still up in the air. It is. You got with NIL and every, the secrets out in the state of Mississippi. I mean, everybody is here. The other day, there was a Florida State coach at Eupora High School to watch Caleb Cunningham play basketball. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, you're no longer hiding anybody. I mean, Choctaw County is a two way public school, about to go back up to three, but point remains. You can't hide anybody anymore in this state, which. You know, we're, we're kind of seeing with Jonathan Davis. I mean, he's a guy that in the past probably would have s- slipped completely through the cracks and gone to EMCC and been a five-star recruit or whatever coming out of junior, junior college if he develops. But, of course, he was found mm-hmm. uh, in Lawrence County, and now you got a battle between Mississippi State and Ole Miss for him. Mm-hmm. So you can't really hide anybody from these other schools anymore. you got all this NIL stuff that's starting to take – uh, players' minds off of, you know, the developmental aspect or, you know, how many players have been in the pros for certain teams. And now a lot of these players are thinking dollar signs instead. If it was – if everything was equal, I would say David Turner's about to clean up defensive linemen in the state of Mississippi. And that's what he's working right now. You can see it on Twitter. You can see Mississippi State trying to produce content on it. Mississippi State has two of the best defensive tackles in the game right now. Both from the state of Mississippi, both played at Mississippi State, both were recruited by David Turner, um, or Fletcher was recruited by David Turner. I think Chris, I can't remember if he was recruited by him, but he was coached by him. But anyway, he had a hand on both of those guys, and they're both playing in the Super Bowl. One of them's going to win a ring, and they're they got fat paychecks too. So he's got as much to sell as almost any defensive line coach in the entire country right now 
with guys like Chris Jones, Fletcher Cox, Pernell McPhee, uh, Danica Autry, Jeffrey Simmons, all those guys in the league right now, he has a whole lot to sell. So if players are looking for uh, somebody that's going to develop them into being a great pro, making a whole lot of money, then David Turner is at the top of the game right now. Yeah. But um, it, it's one of those things like it's it could be a great equalizer for Mississippi State. It could be the difference with them getting a guy like Jonathan Davis. You know, if it's if it's not really about money or you have the same kind of deal set up for, for a player, David Turner could be the guy that breaks you through. That's why I think this hire was so big for Mississippi State. Who are the guys on the roster right now that you look at as the potential next wave of Bulldog pros? <clears throat> I think uh, one of the obvious is Travion Williams. Mm-hmm. He He's one I, of those. It's interesting you say it like that. You say it's one of the obvious when he hasn't done anything yet. I thought you might well, you're about to say like Jaden Crumbity. Uh, well, I'm just saying as far as like a, a prospect, mm-hmm. there, there hasn't been a whole lot of guys like Jeffrey Simmons, Chris Jones, or Fletcher Cox come through very often. And Travion Williams might not be any of those guys, but I think he is the closest to those players from a prospect standpoint, from an ability standpoint. He's a freakish player. He's got the body style. He's He's got all the intangibles to be another one of those players. Will he reach that height? I don't know. But I think that he is one of those that David Turner can absolutely turn in to another great pro. And I don't see – you know, there's not that – there's not a ton of that top-end talent like that. I do think Travion Williams does have that kind of talent to be in a similar – uh, realm as those guys. And you're talking about three players there that are I wouldn't say I don't know if they're generational, but they're definitely, you know, once in a decade type guys. And the crazy thing about it is you had three of those within like a five year period like that. So they don't come along very often for Mississippi State. But I, I do think that Travion Williams has a a very similar um build to those guys as far as just being just freakishly athletic and having that great um, size about him. I think he has a chance to be a, a pro and, and do some big things. And then, you know, I, I still am very high on Nathan Pickering. I think that he has all the ability to be a pro. Jaden Crumity, obviously. I don't know if he's a guy that's going to be a high draft pick, but he's one of those players that I could see, you know, making a roster and, and sticking for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, offensively, it might stand out for you on on the like any anywhere on the offense anywhere. Yeah, like I see like Tulu Griffin, and I wonder could he be like a poor man's Devin Hester, a guy that you draft yeah. to be a return man, but could also give you something in 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 the receiving game. Yeah, that's that's interesting. He could be a guy that that finds a role with the team. I mean, JT Gray is going to be with the Saints, yeah, for as long as he wants to be with the Saints, yeah. Um, so I mean, it's it's not always about you know just being the the star of the team. If you can just find you a, a niche, find you a role in the team, I think that's a big deal. And I think he's the guy that could do that. I think Justin Robinson has some intangibles to be a a guy that could make a roster or or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course you know some of the offensive linemen I think could probably I think LaQuinston Sharp this year will probably be a late round pick. LaQuinston Sharp can find, probably find a way. I think Albert Reese eventually if if he continues his path and continues to get better and better and and breaks through on the offensive line, 
he's one that I've always thought is an NFL guy. And then, you know, outgoing Cam Young, I I continue to believe he is going to be a pro um, and and play a lot of football in the, on the NFL level. I think he's got what it takes to be a, an NFL defensive lineman. So I, there's not a ton of those guys that we're seeing in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Um, those, like, truly dynamic players that are just freaks. But uh, states states still got states still going to be able to produce some some NFL talent here, and yeah. I think that's going to continue to to grow if they um, if guys really buy in and develop. The Mississippi State has developed uh, and evaluated players for a long time now, and I think that's that's still kind of in the culture. And, and what state needs is a guy like Tulu Griffin or on any receiver, honestly, to be drafted because that is just such a huge sticking point in recruiting. And you want to get elite receivers, and and even with the air raid, you were still you were getting better receivers, but you're not getting those top notch guys. And it's because I mean, it's been almost thirty years now since Mississippi State has had a receiver drafted. The last one was Eric Moltz. You know, I think Ra Ra Thomas would have been he the had next a good, guy. good opportunity to do that, and and that path he seems to have diverged from that path. We'll say we'll say that as politely as we can. So. Super Bowl will be interesting. A lot of Mississippi State flavor, a lot of Mississippi flavor. You tweeted out a a, a, a list of everybody that uh, has has got that uh, those connections, and they're, they're far far and wide. And of course, here in Starkville, you know, two Yellow Jackets on opposite side of the uh, of the thing with Willie Gay and AJ Brown. It's just it's just fascinating to me the amount of Mississippi connections. And you're you're right about one thing for sure: the days of being able to you know. Keep a Mississippi prospect under the radar are probably long gone. They're just they're just too good. They're just too good right now. So I forgot to uh, to I skipped over Quez Watkins yeah. from Southern Miss that was on that list. So I yeah. heard from the as you like to say the ten Southern Miss fans I don't know got what my mention. About. Um, but yeah, uh, I think they got let's see one two three four five six seven eight. I think they got ten guys on the active roster that either played high school or football in Mississippi or played for Mississippi team. And that's remarkable. Because uh, you're talking about 100, 106 uh, players mm-hmm. on the roster for for those two teams combined and 10 of them from the state of Mississippi. When you when you consider the size of the state and just, you know, how many players are pulled from here and there in the NFL, that's, that's something that's just unheard of. Yeah. Uh, but it truly speaks to, you know, what this state's all about. Um, and this has always been a state that has gotten the most out of its players that come through. I think per capita, it's like second or has been second behind Louisiana, I think, mm-hmm. for the uh, players that come out of the state that go to the NFL and mm-hmm. are on rosters. Uh, I don't know what the update is on that, but it's still got to be pretty high. Yeah. So, oh, no doubt. No doubt. Big deal. All right. Let's move on into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it is what's for dinner. If you're looking for a great meal for your family, that's not only delicious, but it's packed with protein, vitamins, and minerals. Because that's what I think about when I when I want to eat, as you know. Uh <laughs> Beef. Big vitamin, big bi- vitamins and minerals, guy. I mean, you don't you don't get a body like this, peak male performance. Unless you're he eating. says he says his prayers, takes his vitamins, yes, gets rid of all the bad vices. That's right. 
for all the little hate ad maniacs out there, you know. That's right, big milk guy. I I, I forgot to mention, and I wanted to give a shout out to uh to we met a young fan of ours on uh on Saturday named Boone who came by spoke at the, I was sitting up there in the media came by shook my hand said he listens to the podcast every morning he's like I like Robbie too <laughs> just like oh you don't have to I mean it's you know it's your he, he didn't he he was scared to say that he was he was nervous so he didn't want to say that in public so Boone if you're listening shout out to you buddy uh but anyway beef it's what's for dinner thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. It's not just barbecue, but it is great barbecue. But there's more. So you got, you got if you just want barbecue, if you want some of the best barbecue in the SEC, you can go to Two Brothers and get that. But if you're looking for something else, they got that too. They got that prime rib sandwich that haunts my dreams. I think about it all the time. I want another one. They need to get, next time I go, I'm getting the prime rib sandwich. It's good stuff. It is. It is. Check it out in the heart of the Cotton District. Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products, great service. Every business likes to promise it to you. Advantage Business Systems delivers it to you. 48 years they have been doing that. And that's a long time. It's a long time to be in business. That's a long time to be taking care of your customers. And they do it. They treat you like a neighbor at Advantage Business Systems because you are. You're a Mississippi business. They're a Mississippi business. So if you don't want to deal with any more out-of-state uh, out consultants or overseas call centers when you need office supplies, when you need technology, you call Advantage Business Systems. Their number is 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Excuse me. The Rogue and the Collegiate Collection, that's the one you want to look at when you're looking for a new polo, new quarter zip, new pullover, whatever it is. They've got the best names, the best the best brands, and of course, they've got the logos that you guys want. If you're tired of a banner rim stretching from <clears throat> one arm to the other, if you want something that looks good on you, if you want the M over S or the script state, you call, I'm sorry, you visit our friends at the Rogue. Also, don't forget, and I don't know if I've mentioned this enough, the Rogue is a sponsor of the Bulldog Initiative. So when you spend money at the Rogue, you know that some of that money is going back to the Bulldog athletes that you support. That's a big deal to me, and that should be a big deal to you. Check out the Rogue in Jackson or shop online at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. Robbie, so did you see uh, Ross Dellinger has just reported that they're, they are in the process, the NCAA, of enforcing – uh, rules on NIL. Good luck. Um, so they got that you you can now be penalized for N- NIL infractions, mm-hmm. and they will penalize you if you do not disprove it. So he said, but if you if you don't cooperate, you're penalized. It used to be like if they just had enough, you know, it, they went to a standard where you had to have a hundred percent. You had to have one hundred percent proof. If you were at ninety eight percent. And I'll go back. I'll just be honest with you. I, I think a lot of the Ole Miss violations that didn't get reported, they were at like 95, 98%. They're just like, we just don't have the smoking gun. So they yeah. didn't add them on. I think that's going to be the case. I think you're going to see schools get in trouble. So we'll see how that, uh, how that pans out. Also, no, I like to, I like to point out, I learned something while we were, while you were talking. I was just, I just Googled something just for the hell of it. I was looking at the Wikipedia page for Marietta, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. First ever Playboy Playmate of the Year from 1960 is from Marietta, Mississippi. Well, then I know, right? Ellen Stratton. Shout out! Well, there's to some guys. Guy. Some guys are going to go out there 
trying to find some pictures on somebody's grandma. Yeah, well, I mean, she there's no way she's still with us, is it? That's if she was like, well, I guess she could. She might have been like twenty nineteen sixty. Yeah, she could be in her eighties. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see if she was still with us or not. Now, now you got to make me look again. Well, got to be careful I'm, looking for this kind of stuff at work. Yeah, right? be very careful. All right. So, her does she have a Wikipedia page? Got to, I, I got to know. I just got to know at this point. It doesn't say she was born in nineteen thirty nine. So she would be, no, she'd be 94. I bet she's not with us any longer. If anybody knows, let us know. Let us know. But shout out to Ellen Strat. All right. <laughs> I just, I couldn't help it. I, I saw that thing. I was like, are you kidding me? The first, I did not see the first playmate of the year was from Mississippi. I had no All idea. Right. We produce great football players and beautiful women. It's a great, it's a great place to live. Shout out to Hugh Hefner. Came all the way to F, the goat. He came all the way to Marietta. That man's quest for beautiful women knows no boundaries. So that's right. Robbie, I wanted to talk a little baseball here with you uh, in the second part of the show. I have. I, I was thinking about. What what are the the biggest keys for Mississippi State to turn from la- turn around last season to get back to where they were you know to get back to being at near the top of the SEC so I I got three things here I want to get your thoughts on them and then I want to get your thoughts if I missed anything big if something that really stands out to you so I'm gonna start with number one here uh, I, I think that it's imperative and this is probably to me maybe the most obvious one but I feel, really feel like you can't be playing musical chairs with your pitching rotation deep into the season. By conference play, you really need to have sorted out Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, I look back to the national championship year. After that first SEC weekend, when they, when they went down to LSU, you kind of knew Sarantola was out. He was not going to be a part of the rotation anymore. And so, you, but you knew you had McLeod, you knew you had Bednar, and then you know Houston Harding kind of finds his way in there uh, after that. Same thing, obviously, in uh, in in nineteen. You know, you knew you had small JT Ginn, and then Plumley kind of finds his way and becomes that third guy week in and week out. They've got, a, and they don't have guys like that. You know, that you just you know you know from day one are going to be those guys. They got to find them, but they need to find them b- before they get too deep into March. No, I agree. You you can't be shuffling around. I I, I never think that that's a good thing. I think it's always good to have. Um, your ducks in order in the non-conference. Now, if if they're still shuffling some things in non-conference play, that's fine. Uh, you do have to find your guys, and it, it's going to take time to find those players because you can't do it until you really kind of simulate it in an actual game. I think. Um, I don't think these scrimmages truly can can tell you the tale because there's a lot of different simulations that they do in these scrimmages and things like that that it's hard to really know. I think. A lot of people get hung up on those stats when they see a lot of walks and things like that, but even that doesn't tell the story because sometimes they're squeezing the zone, they're they're wanting them to throw these certain pitches, things like that. But I think it's going to take a few weeks to really get things kind of settled in. And Chris Lamona said, I asked him if he had any idea what the rotation would be at this point, and he said, you know, he sat down with his pitchers and – and asked, uh, who's a starter in here? And he said, everybody but like three guys raised their hand. So you're dealing with a situation 
where a lot of these guys want to be starters, but everybody's going to have to settle into a role at some point. Casey Hunt uh, wants to be a starter. He mentioned it the other day. You know, he could very well be an option. Um, and I think we, we've seen enough from Cade Smith. He's probably the – I think Cade Smith and Landon Gartman are unquestionably two of your four starters. Um, and from there, it's going to be up to, you know, I think Casey Hunt's probably the third guy that's mostly in the mix. But I think you're going to have some other guys um, in there that that have that potential. But you definitely need to get this figured out relatively soon. But I, I just – I really feel like it's going to take a, a few weeks to, to really settle all that stuff in and – Hopefully, when you get your three or four starters, those are your guys, and you can ride with them, and everybody sells in a role, into a role. I think that was one thing that State really struggled with last year is nobody was comfortably in a role. And sometimes that kind of hinders what you like to do. And you know, you know, on Friday nights, this guy's going to pitch, and we have somebody right behind him. And if we can get that to the ninth inning, we're going to have our closer. And then on Sunday, hopefully that closer can come back. Mississippi State never really had that last year. So hopefully that's something that they can figure out early on and you can kind of ride your guys from there. So you you, you think that's the way if you if you were setting things up today based on the knowledge you have today that Smith, Gartman, Hunt is probably weekend one and then you just kind of see where it takes you from there? I would guess the 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 wild card in all this is Drangelo. Yeah, I I am absolutely fascinated with what his role is going to be because you know you talk about like a matchup standpoint. You know sometimes you bring in a righty, sometimes you bring in a lefty. Well, this guy can come in at any point and be a matchup issue for anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like they're going to want to get more out of him in a game than just you know a matchup situation. Right. So. To me, and based on what they've done with him, what they did with him in the fall, I don't know if he's pitched much yet in the spring. I haven't looked. I haven't been to a uh, scrimmage yet. But I imagine they've been using him as a starter mm-hmm. uh, in the spring as well. So it looks like they're they're trying to get him ready to be a starter. Yeah. And I could be wrong on that, and they could have just been you know, kind of trying him out in different spots. But that's another guy that is very intriguing to me. Because if you can get, you know, six innings out of this kid, six or seven innings out of this kid on the SEC weekend and be a matchup issue like that for six or seven innings, um, I think you really got something special there. And um, he's a guy that I don't think his arm's going to really wear down much. And one thing that you have to remember, though, with these with these guys, a lot of people think that you can just uh, – Lamon has even talked about this the other day. You can just throw him out there right-handed one day and then left-handed the next day. That's not how it works. Your body still needs time to recover, and they're not going to utilize him like that. He's right. he's going to be a true switch pitcher. Right. But uh, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see what they do with him. I think that he lines up good as a starter, but he could be a really, really good middle relief guy, maybe even a long relief guy. It, it really just depends on how well – he takes to life in Division One, life on in the SEC, and if Casey Hunt or uh, you know maybe Colby Holcomb or somebody like that steps up into that role and can really produce. 
the good news is with, with Gerangelo is, you know, you don't have to worry. Let's say you're playing a team that they, they're a heavy right-handed team or heavy left-handed team. You don't have to, you don't have to tweak things. You know, you, yeah. you've got a guy who can go either way there. That, that, that is good. All right. My number two thing, I thought one of the things that really hurt state last year was their veterans got off to slow starts. If you remember last year, Kellum Clark got off to a brutal start. Uh, Luke Hancock and Cam James did not get off to a great start. Jaeger didn't really get off to a great start either. They, they all picked it up in midseason. I think from day one, Hancock, Hines, Clark, those guys need to be the the level you expect them to be at the entire season. They need to be that way in February and March. Yeah, they've got to get off to a hot start. And those are the guys that we talked about yesterday that, you know, that's the captain's committee. Those guys are are being counted on heavily this year by Chris Lamonis to help stir everything and, um, and and get Mississippi State back on track. I think Luke Hancock is absolutely huge for this team. He, he's got to be a consistent force for them. And, you know, we're not talking about you know, hitting 15 home runs or anything, but he's got to get back to that. You know, the, every time he got up to the plate and there was a runner in scoring position in 2021, you felt like he was going to score a run. Yeah. Whether it be ground ball to the right side, fly out, single, a big hit. I mean, he always came through a, a walk, get on base. Last year, there was a lot of times where that wasn't the case. He went through a, a you know, a, a little uh, stretch where he's really struggled to do what he has been doing. He's got to get back to that. That's his role on this team. I don't think he's ever going to be a 350 hitter. Wow. He doesn't have to be. He's a guy that you get the bat to him and runners on base, you feel really good about a positive at bat, whether that be working a pit, working a count to 10 to 12 uh, pitches and getting walked, getting hit by pitch, uh, driving in runs, whatever. He does that well. And then Kellen Clark, you just you need him to be more consistent at the plate. He gets through these um, stretches kind of like Luke, but it, it's more like he's not – having a, a good at bat, you know, get up there and, and swing on the first pitch and, and, uh, and have a lazy fly out or uh, striking out or whatever. He's just got to be a guy that, you know, can he bat 275? Uh, he was 257 last year. Can he bat 275, 280? Mm-hmm. Because if he does that, I think you're looking at a guy that's probably around 18 home runs this year and over 50 RBI. I mean, he could be a monster hitter for Mississippi State. And he doesn't have to be a 350 hitter. He can do a whole lot of damage. And that's a lot. If, if he bumps his batting average up to 280, mm. that's a lot of lot more production. That is a lot of runs. That's a lot of home runs hit for uh, Kellum Clark. Because when he gets the bat on the ball, it's usually doing damage. So yeah. can he produce? Can he get more consistent at bats? That's what you need out of Kellum Clark and Luke Hancock. And now Hunter Hines is kind of in that position, too. He had a really good freshman year. You're counting on him to do big things. He can't take a step back. So these guys that last year were a part of that and then, you know, take out Hunter Hines and you just have the guys returning that were playing in the national championship game, those guys have got to step up to the forefront and take charge of this team, and everybody else will fall into place. you got some really good pieces here, but the rest of these guys have never played at Mississippi State before. Um, you haven't. We haven't seen anything from Colton Ledbetter and Amani Larry and guys like that. So um, 
they're going to be counting on these players that have been here before to lead the way, and then everything else will fall into place. And um, I think that's the case, too, for guys that we're expecting a jump from this year. Aaron Downs, Slate Alford, those guys have got to make a good jump as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll see if that how that goes. But you're exactly right. I think getting off to a really good start this year is huge for this team. You can't put doubt in their minds. You can't start thinking, well, here we go again. Because the moment that happens, that's yeah. when cancer starts seeping through, and that's when everything starts falling apart. Agreed. So this team has got to get that mojo back, that business-like mentality. They have all the pieces in place to have a really good season. But all that stuff has has got to, to take charge early on in the process. Last one for me that, that, that really stands out. You know, I, I we talked about it the other day, <clears throat> that – you know, two years ago, when Landon Sims came into the baseball game, the baseball game was over. State had the game. State needs Aaron Nixon or or somebody. It doesn't have to be him. It would be great if it was. But they need that, that late game stopper. They need somebody they can put on the mound and trust to get three to six outs when he's out there on the mound to close out games. Because to me, that was the biggest issue for Mississippi State all season long last year is they just, they did not replace Landon Sims. They had, they didn't, they could, they, he wasn't replaced when he was healthy. No. And, and, and they just did never had that guy on the back end of the bullpen that you just felt could get you out of the game. And that's what we talked about all offseason. Is he more valuable as a starter or more valuable as a closer? And that was kind of the debate um, off and on all offseason. And, Turns out just losing him, I thought, was a death knell to Mississippi State last year. I I thought when he was injured, when he went down, my first thought was this is going to be devastating for this team. Right. Because when when Landon ran out on the field, whether it was a starter or a closer, everyone's confidence level went up. Uh, You felt like he was going to give you a chance. And when he was gone, that disappeared. But as far as the closer situation is concerned, State's got to find a guy that they feel really good about in the back end. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be Aaron Nixon? Is it going to be um, this Casey Hunt come into that role eventually? I don't know. He O'Conn, wants to be a starter. Uh, you know, um, I'm trying to think who else could be in that role. Kobe okay. Holcomb? Or do you just think he's more of a of – a, of a, hey. Pico Khan? I don't know if he's a closer. He doesn't have the dominant stuff, but I mean, I, can he get outs? You know, that's, that's that's all that really matters for Mississippi State. And and these guys, whoever it is, needs to have that mentality. Mm-hmm. I, the the obvious choice is Aaron Nixon, right? But no, the, the issue is, are you going to get the Aaron Nixon from his freshman year when he was outstanding with Texas, mm-hmm. or are you going to get last year when you know things got real rocky for him? I, I tend to think that, you know, a lot of times when somebody gets a new lease on life, when they get a new opportunity somewhere else, that they flourish. Uh, you know, based on what I've heard about him, I, I tend to think that he's going to be able to have a good career here. Mm-hmm. Oh, and another guy is uh, is uh, Nate Don't, who I think is, is running it up to 98 right now. Mm-hmm. That could be a, a possible closure for you. Very, very, that's a good. That's a good choice, sir. I, I I had left him out, but that's a good choice. For, you have options. Yeah, which is great. But one of them, like you said, one of them has got to step up and be that guy. So, 
we shall see what happens. Is there anything I missed? Is there anything that that stands out as like that a big key for Mississippi State, especially early in the season? I think that you're that you're on point with with all that. I, I think leadership is huge. Guys coming out and getting good starts that's huge. State's got to get that rotation set. They got to get a closer. So you you've pretty much nailed it. Um, I think it's just right now. The, my biggest question mark with this team is pitching, and I like the the crew that they have. I thought they did a good job adding talent, and uh, whether it be from freshmen or the transfer portal, and they're in good shape as far as the numbers are concerned. But these guys have still got to go out there and prove it. And this is a big year for Scott Foxhall. Great. You know, I don't I don't know that. Um, I, I, th- I think the natives are going to be pretty restless if he's not able to have a good season from his pitchers two years in a row. And last year was just a disaster from that pitching staff. They can't have that happen again. So I would feel a lot better about this team if they had Stone Simmons and Brooks Auger. Yeah. But um, it is what it is. But And Simmons can maybe be a guy towards the end of the season that you that can give you something. Don't expect anything from him. February, March, but maybe April, May into June if you're still playing. He could yeah. be that guy. So we'll see. We'll see. Yep. All right. Tomorrow is the rumblings. Robbie, if you want to go ahead and fire off the tweet, we'll get the questions in. We'll also uh, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it as we speak because last week I've, last week I've we waited, yeah. It was like ten PM. Yeah. I sent you a text. I was like, Did you ever because I noticed I didn't have a bunch of mentions coming in. Uh also tomorrow we'll we'll uh Mississippi State uh, uh basketball uh with South Carolina. We'll let future Brian let us know what happened uh over in Columbia. Guys, have a great Tuesday. Robbie and I'll be back with you on Wednesday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian. Hey Dad, thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.